at the risk of sounding like Paul Harvey, in a moment you'll hear the rest of the story. Behold the Lamb of God, the true tall tale of the coming of the Lamb of God, the Christ, and God's plan to bring redemption to mankind. At the beginning of our service today, we sang the song, Joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king. Amazingly, that's not a Christmas song. Is a song about the second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes as the reigning king of the world. But we can easily change it to that Christmas song by singing this. Joy to the world, the Lamb has come. You see, that's the whole deal. That's what I love about what has been happening in our auditorium the last 35 minutes. It tells the whole story of how Jesus Christ came as a baby, but as a lamb, as the lamb of God. And you've heard how it wasn't just, just at Bethlehem. It started so far back, even really before the foundation of the world was laid. But even in the garden, when, when God promised what Judy read, that, that, the, that, the, that the Son of Man would, would crush the head of the serpent, and while he may bruise the heel of the Messiah. 600 years Six centuries before Jesus Christ was born, Isaiah wrote these words. But he was, oh, just listen. As I studied this, it like washed over me like it was the first time. Keeping that in mind. He was pierced because of our rebellion. Our rebellion. He was crushed because of our iniquities. Punished for, for peace. The price, the price for our peace with God was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. We are made righteous. We are made whole by his wounds. Isaiah continues in verse 6. We all went astray like sheep. Remember last week? For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. All our righteousness has filthy rags. Remember that from last week? We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way. Now, if you're older, and maybe not, because the king of the crooners, of course, was Frank Sinatra. A different kind of guy who truly did it his way, as the song said. Yet the Bible tells us in Proverbs 14, 12, that there's a way that seems right to man, and yet it is the way of death. So and we, when we read, we all have turned to our own way. It's a death sentence. That as we continue down our path, doing our thing, then we are on a death sentence that will lead us to eternally separated from God. Now watch. And the Lord... The Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. The Lord punished him for our iniquity? Yeah, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the coming of the Lamb of God. 
Finally, verse 7, he says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb. Like a lamb being led to the slaughter. And like a sheep, silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. Well, we fast forward now to, to past the first Christmas, 30 years past the first Christmas, and now Jesus Christ is a young man. And one day he's walking, and, and John, the foreteller, the forerunner of, of the Lamb of God, says in verse 29 of John chapter 1, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of of the world. Here is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, if he just said, Here is the conqueror who will free us from Roman oppression, oh, how appropriate. Here is our new king who will dethrone Herod. But he said, Here is the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world. See, John knew and Jesus knew exactly what that meant. Lambs either became lamb chops or lambs became a sacrifice. Lambs didn't come kings. They didn't overthrow harsh governments sacrificed. And when John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin, John knew that Jesus Christ came for one specific purpose, and that one specific purpose was to redeem mankind. To pay the price for our sins. Peter, one of the apostles, said later on, For you know that God paid God paid a ransom. Isn't that amazing? Like, like we're like worthy? No. But he just did because he loved us. God God paid a ransom to save you, to redeem you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. To take take you from a life that is not life to a life that is life. To take you from from a, a dead man walking to a new man living. He he did that. He did that. And it was not paid, he says, with mere gold or silver um, because that loses their value. How was it paid? It was paid by the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Do you, I mean, do you understand the value of Christmas? We've got to get past the, the warm, fuzzy, traditional, and I love, I love Christmas, the warm, fuzzy Christmas. And, and do understand, as, as Jenny sang about it was not a silent night. That was a, it was a cold, damp cave with a, with a metal or with a stone manger and a babe laid in that. And it was not sanitary. It was not clean. It was not sanitized as we make it. But oh, was it appropriate? Because Jesus Christ came as a lamb. How amazing that he was born in a manger and laid Laid in, or born in a stable and laid in a manger. How amazing that is. So why did God wait? Why did God choose 2,000 years ago 
Well, we know we don't understand that, do we? I mean, I, it made sense to me that, that Jesus should have been born about 15 minutes after Eve said yes to Satan. That would make logical sense to me. But God had a plan he was working out. And it involved our need to recognize our sin. It involved the timing of God. All those things. But Galatians 4.4 says, In the fullness of time, in the fullness of God, time, When the fullness of time had come. You need to hear something this morning. You need to know that God may not be early, but he is never late. He wasn't late the first Christmas, and he won't be late in the needs that you have in your life. I I love Romans 5, 6. When we were utterly helpless, when we could do nothing about it, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. I've got to give you this. I'm on a time budget this morning. I got to give you this. Tucked away in Habakkuk 2 3. And the children of Israel are in captivity. It's a very difficult time. And they're wondering, God, when? Habakkuk. Well, God says this through Habakkuk. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. In other words, the reason you're still here is because it's not time yet. And, And the reason you're still in God's waiting room is because it's not time yet. But it goes on and says this. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, if it seems like you've been in God's waiting room a long time, Chris and Kim, has it seemed like a long time for you to get to Spain? When, when you're still stuck in God's waiting room, if it seems slow, wait for it. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not. So when it was fully time, God sent forth his son. I love this. It says, God loved us so much. He sent. And by the way, if you wonder if Jesus pre-existed before Bethlehem, you can't send what doesn't exist. God sent his son. When, when God loved us so much, he sent what was most precious to him, his only son, and placed him in deliberate danger to die for us. God made the plan of sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a Roman cross. Put him in deliberate danger because he loved us so much. So Jesus was born of a woman, born under the law. Not just a woman, but a virgin woman. So Jesus could be 100% God and yet 100% man. Isaiah seven fourteen says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive and have a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel. God with us. Amen? This, oh, this is, a, this is a true tall tale of the coming of the Lamb of God. It's huge. And Paul goes on in Galatians 5 and says, to redeem, to buy back, to buy back those who were under the law, those who could never on their own accord ever hope to meet the law. He came to redeem those like that. Lee Strobel says that Jesus Christ did not come into this world To make bad people good, he came into this world to make dead men alive. Boy, is that good. Paul in another place said that we were dead in our trespasses and sin, and yet he comes and he makes us alive. So that, he says in verse 5, the second part, so that we might receive adoption. 
I love this. See, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're in the family two ways. The Bible says in John chapter 3, you know, Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus and said, Hey, if you're ever going to see the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. You know, once didn't do it. You've got to be born again. And you are, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are born again. I love this. Because what Paul says, yes, we were born again, but, but that we might receive the adoption as sons. Do you know what that means? That means that when we come in the family of God, that we have all the rights and all the privileges of a full-grown son. I love it that God never said, you got to hang around a while. Maybe, you know, maybe when you get through seminary, maybe, just maybe, I can use you. The moment you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all your sins, past, present, and future are taken care of. You're on your pathway as you follow Jesus to a place ultimately to heaven. But until then, you have the adoption of sons. That means you have rights. You have privileges. You have authority. I love the story of the prodigal son. And I don't really have time to explain this. But a lot of you have heard the story of the prodigal son. But when he shows up and says, I'm not worthy to be your son any longer. Can I just be a servant? He never even got that part out. The father halts and says, excuse me a moment. And turns to a servant. And says, get him the best robe we got. Cover up all that filth of the world. And that's what the blood of Jesus Christ does. Go, go and get him the ring. You know what the ring was? It was the ring of authority. He, the father reinstates the son to a position of authority. And when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, you have his authority in and on your life. It's an amazing thing. And then he says, give him a pair of shoes. And again, I know several people in our church have shoe fetishes. Um, I know people like... You know, like Roth have like 800 pairs of shoes, okay? And then, and then um, Ryan has tons of shoes. I've got probably 20 pairs of shoes. So it doesn't mean a whole lot to us when we hear the words, go get some shoes. But back then it would. Because shoes were a luxury. Most people went around barefooted. But sons wore shoes. And when Paul is saying this, he's saying, when he, when he reinstated this boy, okay, when he says that we have the sonship, that we have the shoes of sonship. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Wonderful. And then he goes on and says this. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Abba. Some people are very uncomfortable with this term because they're afraid they're going to show disrespect to God. But it's really hard to translate into English. Um, dearest father, dearest daddy would not be out of line. It's so wonderful. See, a Jew could never imagine that. I mean, as they look forward to the Messiah coming, they could never imagine that kind of relationship with God. And yet here comes the Lamb of God who pays the price for our sins. And paying the price for our sins, he enables us to call God dearest Father. And God wants you to be able to call him dearest Father. Well, Dwayne, how bad does he want that? For God so loved the world 
that he gave, that he gave to a Roman cross, that he gave for his son to be born in a lowly manger, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The song says, I've heard a thousand stories of what you're like. But I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's, it's just who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I am loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. This whole This whole tall tale of the coming of the Lamb of God. Um, You cannot go back to it. I know we're time people, so you really can't get this. But you cannot go back to a time in eternity when God didn't have this plan. Long before the garden. Way back. And you cannot go anywhere in the future that this plan is not true. The coming of the Lamb of God. And look at me. It was for you. It was for you. It was for you. That Jesus came. Lived. And died. And resurrected. And like I told you, this is not the end of the story. There's more to come. This is not the end of the story. There's more to come. Because he finishes in Galatians 4, 7 by saying, So you are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave. But a son. But a daughter. But a child of God. And then if a son, and if a daughter, or if a child of God, then an heir through Jesus. The best is yet to come. I know, I know, this Christmas feel good lasts, you know, about a month. And then it's not too long after Christmas, we kind of go back to our normal stuff. This, this never ends. It's like, it's like the best Christmas you ever knew, times a million, for a million years and more. And all made possible. Because of the Lamb of God. The true tall tale of the coming of Christ to redeem the world. It's a story worth telling. Amen? Story worth telling. So today is a special day, as I told you. Certainly been special already by what we've heard and experienced. But now we come to a time when, when we would like to observe a gift that that Jesus gave us to help us to remember. Because we're prone for spiritual amnesia. We're prone to forget this glorious gift and and all that it means. So that that Thursday night before he died on Friday, he had the guys up in the room and and he said, you know, I want to give you something. And he began passing away, passing around a loaf of bread. and, And it was a full loaf. They would have broken off the pieces. And as they broke off the pieces... He said, I want you to understand 
Now, it's not happened yet. It's going to happen tomorrow. He said, but I want you to understand that this is my body, and it is broken, it's crushed, it's pierced for you. For you. Uh, take and eat it, and then remember what I did for you. And then that same night also, he passed around a chalice, a, a glass, and, and it was, was wine. And as they drank that wine, he said, now, now this represents something new. The old is gone. This represents something new. And that something new is the new covenant. And, and this new covenant is in my blood. It's through my sacrifice that it's made possible. And as often as you drink this, drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus never wanted us to forget what it's all about. Jesus never wants to forget what it's all about. So he gave us his table. He gave us his table. And this morning, at this point in the service, we would like to give you the opportunity to participate in the Lord's table. We have tables situated here, 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 and here. Uh, this one is a gluten-free table if you need that. But in just a moment, we're going to start the music back up, and there's going to be an instrumental. There's going to be an instrumental. And I'd like to invite you at that point. I'm going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to invite you at that time to go to the table of your choice. Take your time. We are not rushed today. Too special a day for that. Go to the table and get your elements of the bread and the juice. And go back to your seat. And when everyone's had opportunity to get those elements, then we will partake today of the Lord's Supper. You might say, well, I'm not a member of this church. That is not an issue. We believe that every believer shares the Lord's table. So regardless of what denomination you are, regardless of what church you go to and what town you live in, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we want to invite you as we join this service of remembrance. Amen? Oh, oh and by the way, in case you can't get up, if you'll just raise your hand, our ushers are ready and prepared to bring the elements to you. Okay, so if you cannot get up today, it's not comfortable for you to get up, you just raise your hand and we'll get the elements to you. All right? Can I lead us in prayer? Father, thank you so very, very much for this special time. I know, God, it's, it's hard to get overwhelmed uh, because we've heard the story before. But overwhelm us. Overwhelm us with this wonderful, magnificent story called salvation. Oh, Jesus, thank you for being the Lamb of God. Thank you that you came to seek and to save that which was lost, and that would be us. I thank you that you passed the loaf around, and it represented your broken body. And God, we just want to thank you that your son gave his body to be broken for us. Thank you for that. And Jesus, as you passed the juice around, representing your spilt blood, we know that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. Your Bible says that. Your, your blood was essential to our salvation. And Jesus, you willingly shed that for every man, woman, and child. Every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. Just like Rebecca said. Rebecca said that you want this gospel to go out into all the ends of the earth. And you gave your blood for that. So thank you. It seems inadequate. It seems inadequate to say thank you. But that's all the English words that we have. 
we mean it from our hearts. Thank you. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So, as the music starts, if you feel free to stand to your feet and go to one of the five tables we have. Keep in mind, this one is gluten-free. And then we'll come back and we'll have the elements together. All right, thank you. So that night, as they passed the loaf around, Jesus said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take, eat, and remembrance of me.
then after the bread, as the chalice was going around the table. He said, this is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. Before we have the rest of the story, let me remind you to take your cup home today. Oh, so Bert didn't have to pick them up? Oh, no. Lay it on your shelf about like that, and you'll see it represents an empty tomb. And remember the true tall tale of the coming of the Christ, God's plan to redeem man. Born of a virgin, a sinless life, a, sac a sacrificial death, a glorious resurrection, and a soon coming king. Amen? Amen.